0: Welcome to The Future Belongs to Creators. I'm your host, Nathan Berry. I'm the CEO at ConvertKit. And I'm joined by my co-host, Barrett Brooks. He's the COO here at ConvertKit. And we're on a mission to help creators earn a living. This show is about turning anxious energy into creative output during times of uncertainty. Welcome to episode 64 of The Future Belongs to Creators. This is a reunion episode. Because Barrett and I actually have not seen each other in like a week and a half until 90 seconds ago. Something like that. Yep, exactly. Barrett, welcome back from vacation. It's good to have you back on the show. How are you doing?
1: Why, thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, I'm good. I'm green. Green might be. There's like not a color for what it's like to come back from a week away. Truly not being online. Like... I don't know. I just posted in our director's channel in Slack that um, this company communicates a lot in a week's time. And so getting back up to speed, which I thought about doing yesterday afternoon, I was like, you know, I'm not not even going to enter into that whole potential stress ball on a Sunday evening. Anyways, I've been getting caught up today. And so my color, I'm going to call it like blue, not blue, like depressed, but blue, just like it's not on the scale. It's on a because, different wavelength entirely. Yeah. I'm not particularly in a bad place or, or a good place. I'm just in getting caught. You're just back. Yeah. I'm on the <laughs> hamster wheel. But vacation was good. We had a good trip. We went down to Bend, Oregon, took a week down there, my wife, son, and my in-laws, and um, basically just cooked our meals at another house. Which was still good though. I got out, did some fly fishing and we stayed on right on the Deschutes river, right in town and bend for half the week. And so just got to see a bunch of people drunk floating by on little floats through the river and downtown bend. Many of them, not as socially distant as I would have hoped they would have been, but that's their decision. (laughs) Welcome to the world that we all live in (laughs) of silent and not so silent judgment.
0: (laughs) Uh, How are you doing? I'm, I'm good. I'm green today. There's been a lot going on at work. Maybe we'll get into it sometime. So that's had me pretty busy. But this weekend, relocated some foxes, which is kind of a weird, weird thing. Okay, little circle of life on the farm. So we have these ground squirrels that, you know, voles or whatever, that will just destroy everything. You know, you let them go, uh, you know, unchecked for a couple of years. How do I know this? Because that's exactly what I did. And uh, before you know it, just like your whole field is hills and they tear up everything anyway so we've been trapping and killing them but then we've been using them to put in a larger like wire cage fox trap like a live live trap and so we put those in this bait and then we catch the foxes because the foxes eat the chickens it's a whole thing anyway and then we've been relocating the foxes outside of town about four or five miles and uh so we did that this weekend moved a couple of them i think we're up to four that we've moved and i think there's six total but I thought there was only two or three, and then I kept finding more. So, who knows? There could be like a dozen, and I've only ever seen six at a time. We had this moment where I was looking out the field, and I was like, oh, there's four. There, that's proof, there's four of them for sure. And Hillary goes, oh, oh wow. Yeah, what about those other two? And I was like, I looked, and I was like, sure enough, there were six. So anyway, that's been my weekend. I uh, also spent plenty of time outside, went to the lake. Yeah, do one of those things where like you show up early to get a good spot. And then it starts to fill up by mid-afternoon. And you're like, all right, and that's our cue. We'll see y'all later. <laughs> yep. So, well, let's dive into our topic for today. So this is very uh, relevant because this is what we're doing. It's actually a new thing for me in that I've only done it since, you know, really being at ConvertKit in the last few years. Normally, uh, well, the thing is, is reviews, but specifically uh, half year reviews and really checking in. Normally, I'm really good at setting New Year's resolutions or, you know, 2020 plans or whatever at the beginning of the year. And then, you know, getting to November and being like, how did it? am I on track? Can I push any of these forward? And like, as we all know, a month or two months is not enough time to uh, get something back on track. So one thing that we've been doing, and we really encourage all creators to do and everyone tuning in, is to spend time on a six-month review and really do a meaningful check-in at the six-month mark. So that's what we're going to dive into is a bit on our process, what we recommend. And then we'll also ask for everyone tuning in live. Uh, We've got Chris and Noah and and, uh, other people too. What does that process look like? Six months in, you've wrapped up June, you're, you know, you're into July and you're saying, okay, I have these end of the year goals. I also have this progress that I've made
1: to date. What questions do you ask first? Yeah. So um, I'll touch on it kind of from the company and the personal side, because I think Uh, The intersection of the two is probably most relevant to creators because in some ways, like your personal goals end up being your career goals as a creator because you're usually just one person running your thing. What I do throughout the year and what we try to do throughout the year is to track our progress as we go. Like for me personally, I have a list of habits that I'm trying to maintain that I think will get me to the long-term goals that I have in my head. And so that might be like, read a book a week. Or watch a documentary film a week, work out three times a week, something like that. And every day I have a journal I keep that's right by my sink in our bathroom. And I just write down what I did that day. Um, And I star the ones that are related to the habits for the year. So from that side, one of the things I'm asking at the middle of the year is, well, just what did I do? What are, you know, did I follow through on my habits? And typically what I'll do is I'll go through and I'll do an inventory. How many workouts, how many movies I'll list the movies, how many books have I read? I'll list the books. How many times did we go to church? How many date nights did we do together? There's like a list of habits across seven areas of my life. And I'll use that and I'll look at it against kind of what the ideal was. And I'll just say, all right, well, what went well, which of these habits did I maintain and why? What led me to being able to maintain them? And then on the flip side, well, what didn't go quite as well? And why wasn't I able to maintain them? And, you know, was maybe mental health or the pandemic getting in the way of me working out or was having a kid and my in-laws living with us, does that prevent us from doing date night as intentionally? And we just kind of like do family dinner all the time. And so we need to be more intentional, whatever. So I'll do an analysis. What went well, what didn't go well. And then that last question is, what do I want to change so that I get back on track? So if we parlay that into the company side, it's very similar, actually. We have a strategic plan we set for the year. Out of that strategic plan comes OKRs. We've talked about OKRs a little bit. I think we still owe y'all an episode in terms of how to use OKRs as a creator. But we look at our OKRs for the year. And if we've done our jobs well, at the end of each quarter, each of our team leaders, the directors, as we call them, have written a summary post for each quarter. So in March, at the end of March, they'll write a summary of how their team did, and then at the end of June. The combination of those things tells us a lot about the kind of meat and potatoes of how well we did against our OKRs for the year. It doesn't map exactly because no one team can control the high-level goals on their own, but typically it gives us the component parts to be able to see, are we on track? And there's a difference between being on trajectory versus being exactly halfway to your goals, right? So like an example of that is we want 500,000 users on our free plan this year as a company. And I think we had just north of 100,000, or actually we want 500,000 total users of ConvertKit. And at the end of the first half of the year, we had between 130 and 150, something like that. We're not on track in the sense that we're not halfway, we're not to 250,000, but we are on a trajectory that can still get us there. If the trajectory continues, if it stays a little bit more flat and kind of levels out from here, now we know we're in trouble. So anyways, we look and we ask ourselves, how did we do against each OKR? Just what's the facts of the matter? Then we say, what went well, what didn't go well, and what do we want to change going forward? Or what strategic changes do we need to make in order to get on track to hit our goals?
0: Yeah. And that, that's a really good process because checking in on that lets you really see, okay, where are we at with enough time to make changes? And then you don't say, I don't know, delusional is a little too strong of a word, but um, you don't kid yourself about being like, oh yeah, no, this is still totally possible. And you break it down and go, I don't know that it is. So things that we would set as goals, and I'd love for everyone tuning in, like drop some of your end of the year goals uh, in the chat. And then um, tell us how you're trending against them as you check in. Are they working? So that could be a business goal, it could be a habit, um, something like that. So I'll share two that I'm thinking about. One is as a creator, um, I would always have revenue goals. ConvertKit has revenue goals. If anyone's curious, we're pushing for 28 million uh, in annual recurring revenue this year. We're like not, we're trending more towards 26 million. So that's something that we check in on. Of like, okay, we're we're not there. What needs to change in order to close that gap? But as an individual creator, right, I would be saying, okay, I want to have um, this many ebook sales. I'm expecting to do um, $75,000 in revenue this, this year, broken down into buckets, right? So don't just look at the top line number. Look at the buckets of like, okay, uh, most of that was going to come from ebooks, a portion from courses, and then maybe $10,000 was going to come from these in-person workshops. And you can see, okay, how am I doing? Well, I haven't done the workshop yet, so of course that revenue is not there. So there's that side of it. And the other side is really what you touched on as far as the habits. You know, that's something that the uh, evaluation that I did this weekend. uh, I've got habits around or goals, goals that I'm trying to turn into habits, you know, I guess of books read, uh, how I eat, uh, the amount that I work out, uh, those sort of things. So I realized that, you know, I was staying on track pretty well with with working out even through like the pandemic and you know, all of that. But then even just like the last two weeks, I totally dropped off. I think I was, I stopped playing soccer. You know, like I played soccer for this little window as like everything opened up and then cases just got absolutely absurd here in voice. And I was like, and, uh, and so I think I got kind of just disappointed when, when that stopped. And so I like dropped that working, ha- working out habit, you yeah. know, that was one that Back in on, I got to work at it on Saturday. I got to work on it in this morning and we're back on track. So those are kind of those habits. Let's see. Uh, Adam's saying a goal to be able to do 20 overhand pull-ups in one set by the end of the year. Progress currently 12 out of 20. That's good. That's actually um, was one of my goals. And that's one that I can can now do, which is pretty fun. I got 22. I can do 22 reverse grip, 20 forward grip. There's like a slight kip on those last. You know, those last two pull-ups, you know, but otherwise
1: uh, we're getting there. We'll count them. We'll yeah, count them. exactly. So I thought I'd share a little bit about like uh, the format because I actually, I, I tend to do the first half review. If I'm really on my game, I'll do a quarterly review for the whole company. I thought I'd share a little bit about the format that I use there. And then maybe we can talk through a couple of the things that we're, we're actually talking about trying to change trajectory on so that we can use those as examples for what, how creators can think about changing their own trajectories. Give you a walkthrough of just how I format our our first half review. And it seemed to be an effective way to communicate. So we have, um, I believe, five objectives for the year. Again, we use a goal setting system called OKRs if you want to look that up and learn a little bit more about it. I list each objective, big heading, and then I list each key result. And I list it as we set it, And then I list what we've done either most recently in June or averaged over the first part of the year, depending on whether it's an average that we're measuring or a point in time that we're measuring. I also add some visuals where appropriate of the graphs that show our trajectory for each of those key results. And so that's kind of just like the one piece is what are the objectives? What are the key results? And what did we do against them? And then I add just a little section of commentary. And the commentary is kind of answering those two questions. What went well? What didn't go well? And maybe a little bit about if we were still to hit our goal, what would need to be different or what would need to continue to be true? And so you kind of get this format where you have objective key results commentary, objective key results commentary, objective key results commentary, all the way down to five. And that's all it is. There's no like fluffy lead-in, there's no fluffy outro or anything like that. It just gives the team what they need to know about where we are and some analysis of what needs to be true for us to continue moving towards our, uh, our goals for the end of the year. And what I found to be really great about that is I think we all have a sense that we know what's going on in our business at all times. Like, yeah, yeah, I know what's going on for sure. Like I have a pretty good sense, but until you really sit down and you look at what was I trying to do and what actually happened until you really do that, I don't think you really know what's going on in your business because it's easy for a number to be over here and a number to be over there and a number to be over there and never to bring it all together to say, is this working as we intended? And my like high level assessment of our first half of the year at ConvertKit is we're doing better than we've done in the past, maybe, but we're not hitting the trajectory that we hoped for this year. And so I would call that we're making incremental improvements. I think about that as like process improvements, things that improve efficiency, things that make us work smarter, not harder, but we're not necessarily, you know, we're we're doing this, which is what we've always done, but we're trying to do this this year. And this is working and this leads to a good business. Like we will be happy long-term with this. This leads to really exciting stuff that causes us to grow. And that's like really challenging to us. And that's why we set our goals that way. So what we're trying to analyze now and what I think we can get into some is how do we close this gap? You know, How do we go from doing this of, let's call it 2.5 to 3% monthly growth to 5 to 10% monthly growth every month? And what is not working that we need to change in order to get there? (laughs) Not going to be there. That's really where the fruitful conversation is. And as a creator, I think having a group like a mastermind group or some peers or even just one other person that you can sit down and talk this through with or a business coach can give you some really great just room to talk it out. Sometimes you just have to talk out what's not working and why results aren't what you hoped they were or why they are working on the flip side of things so that you can continue doing what's led to success so far. So Nathan as you looked as you kind of read through that post and you looked at the first half of our year, what were a couple of your takeaways on on places where we're missing our trajectory?
0: The highest level is we clearly identified what our single biggest goal for the year is. And that's an area that it can be really easy to get caught up in of doing you know, we have priorities of which there are five, you know, or it's really important to know, like, OK, but if you could only pick one to accomplish, what's the most important? And so, you know, we were saying we're trying to grow our user base to 500,000, um, you know, free and paid users, not because there's something special about 500,000, but it, because it shows that we have fundamentally changed the trajectory trajectory on which we're growing the company. That was one where, you know, it was really important for, for us to realize, like, OK. We are on track if we do the same thing in the second half of the year that we did in the first half of the year to hit something like 280, 290,000 users. And so it's really important to identify right away. Okay. Are we okay with that? We have new information now, you know, a lot has changed, right? We, when we planned for the year, we didn't expect COVID. We didn't expect any of this stuff. So are we okay with that change? That's, and that's a legitimate question to ask. Don't just think that because you wrote something down on a piece of paper six months ago or a year ago, it should still be true today. But if you're like, no, I, I think that should still be possible. I think we're capable of it. Then, then it's really diving into, okay, what has to change? Maybe it's looking at those other four priorities that you wrote down and said, okay, what do I need to say no to? You know, what else is on here that if I, I'd be willing to sacrifice this in order to get this number one priority? And so those are like the conversations that we're having. And then another question that I love is what would have to be true? And we ask this all the way along. You know, whenever we dream up something big, we're like, what would have to be true to achieve this? But then now later, six months in, we're like, okay, now what would have to be true in order to get back on the trajectory in order to do this? So examples would look like we have to increase site traffic by X percent. We have to increase our visitor to free account created conversion rate. You know, and so marking those out, right? So it's easy as a creator to be like, hey, we're not on track for a revenue goal or whatever the top line metric is. But you really have to break it down when that happens and work backwards and say, OK, what are the component parts? You know, we're clearly not getting in front of enough people. There are going to pick on Basecamp for a second. There are companies at Basecamp and others who say, "Like, we don't do goals. You know, we don't track these metrics. And that's easy when you don't have these ambitions or you don't have these things you're trying to hit or like, it's always come easily. If it's always come easily for you're like, you know, that's the person who's like, I don't count calories. I'm just always perfectly fit. You know, it's like, okay, well, that's great for you. But you know, in my case, like I count calories, you know, I, I have specific goals and I'm working towards. It doesn't come naturally. And so it's really important when that happens to break it down and to go to the component parts and say, okay, is our traffic there? Is our sales there? Um, you know, is the email list growing like I expected to basically, get down to those those narrow parts when the top one number is not where you want it.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the things that we're also careful to, especially between you and I have conversations about is like we asked the question, all right, a year ago, if before we set the strategy for the year, if I had told you you could have 250 or 300,000 users of ConvertKit by the end of 2020, how would that have felt? Mm -hmm. And, And like, honestly, I would feel pretty good a year ago. Yes. Before we had the strategy for this year. And so I think there's a balance between you don't have to be unhappy with what you have in order to be ambitious about what you want. That's a pretty good quote. You don't have to be unhappy with what you have to be ambitious about what you want. And I think we're trying to be happy with what we have and happy with the team and the business and the the growth that we have while being ambitious about where we want to go and what we're capable of and finding out what we can achieve together. And so that's really, you know, on one hand, if we end the year on the trajectory we're on, okay, we did pretty good. We we made like an increase in what we were capable of, and we've set a good path for the future. But if we can get to five hundred thousand users, that's an indication to us that we have fundamentally changed something about our business in terms of what is possible going forward. And so one of the things that we talked about is like you mentioned traffic. And if you think back to our episode about earning your minimum viable income, it's a very similar concept here. If we start with 500,000 people using the product and you go to, well, how much traffic do we need to have? It's like, well, I don't know. Let's say we have a 5% conversion rate. It's like, okay, so you need 2.5 million people. No, 25 million people on your website. No, you need 10 million people completely off. You need 10 million people to visit your website over the year. And then let's say of the people that hear about your brand, 2% of them visit your website. Maybe that's too low. Maybe it's 4% of them. So you need 250 million people to see the name ConvertKit in order to get the visitors that can become the free users. And so you start to think like, oh man, that's like, there's 330 million people or something like that in the US. That's a lot of people People, man, we're like, we're operating at this level of scale now where we've really got to change the way we think about how we're trying to market ourselves. And that's going to be different as a creator, right? Like ConvertKit now is reaching that we need to be like a globally recognizable brand in the creator space in order for us to continue to grow the way that we want to over time. For you and your business... You need some number of people. I'd encourage you to go back to that minimum viable uh, income episode and think, what is the number of people I need to be my customer and then back out? How much traffic and how many people do I need to know that I exist? But I bet it's in the realm of like 75,000 people need to have even heard that you exist, maybe ever. Not ever, but like this year in order for you to reach some of your goals. Um, And then it grows from there as you scale. And so understanding, understanding that number for us 250 million people need to know that we exist really helps define, okay, what needs to change about the way that we're going to market and the way that we're marketing ourselves as a brand in order to reach new people. And that's one of the key areas that we've recognized is we've got to, it's not just Facebook ads to like a tiny little group of people that are super targeted. It's like Super Bowl ads that reach everyone that might be a creator. And it's convincing people that they should become a creator, not just targeting the people who already consider themselves a creator. So there's all of these new ways we have to think about the business when we look at where we are and where we want to be.
0: Yeah. Oh man, there's so much there, but um, I want to give a couple like really simple frameworks you know, for using when you're evaluating or doing a review and looking forward, right? So just a few questions. We already covered, you know, what went well, what didn't go well, and what did I learn? That's kind of a, the most basic retro format. There's another one that I really like of start, stop, continue. So you're looking at, you know, we kind of did our review and then we're saying, okay, we know what happened. And now as we go for the next six months, what do we need to start doing? What are we doing right now that we need to stop doing? And then, you know, what's working well that we need to continue doing? There's another one uh, that you might try if it resonates with you is uh, loved, lacked, and longed for. It's just, what did you love about how it went before? What did you lack? And then what did you long for? What would have made it um, a more enjoyable time? But I think the most important thing is having that check-in and then really asking yourself, okay, what do I need to say no to? What goals do I need to let go of? What do I need to say no to as far as maybe a podcast appearances or, you know, some of these other things that aren't moving towards the goal? Maybe I'm splitting my effort. Maybe I'm like, I'm trying to grow my email list to a thousand subscribers. I'm trying to grow my YouTube channel to a thousand subscribers and my Twitter following to whatever. Maybe I need to say no to two of these and just focus on one of them. And if you do that exercise and write that down, then I think you're going to find that you're in a much better place as far as
1: knowing where you're at now and where you need to end up at, at the end of the year. Yeah, I think so too. Honestly, like if, if I take a step back from this topic for a second and my voice even takes a step back, I'm getting better with my voice acting over here. It's uh, so important. I'm so excited to see that on your 2021 goals. Absolutely. I've read alongside how long can my hair get. If you take a step back from this, I just want you to realize that no one does this. Like in the grand scheme of things, no one reads books, no one thinks about their goals, no one you know, listens to podcasts like this in the grand scheme of things, like really trying to improve themselves and be really intentional about the progress they make. And so just doing some process will help you get closer to reaching the goals that you wanna hit. So that's the first thing is, it doesn't have to be perfect. Just sit down. And even if you didn't have goals to start the year, just reflect, what'd you do in the first half of the year? Did it work? Did it not work? Did you like it? Did you not like it? What do you want to change? If you did have goals, even better, if you sit down and really review them, because the people who do set goals, that's actually the easy part. A lot of us get, there's a psychological impact of setting goals and writing them down, first of all. And then secondly, if we share them with other people, number one, you get a little bit of accountability, but only if people actually follow up. Most of the time, what you actually get is the brain endorphins that you would get from achieving them just by sharing them. You get the praise from people. You get the like, oh, wow, look at how ambitious you are from your internal dialogue and from others. And it removes some of the incentive to achieve them. So that's the first thing to realize is just writing them down and sharing them actually isn't enough. The accountability piece, either from yourself or others, is everything in making real progress. And so having the process at all is a major step forward. And then if you can implement a little bit of structure and a little bit of habit around doing it regularly, that'll lead to even more progress over time. And so just realize that there's levels to this stuff. Number one is do it. Number two is use a framework you like. And number three is do it regularly on a cadence that you can trust and follow through on. Yeah, I think that's so good.
0: What we'd love to do is uh, if you do this check-in and you have some notes or thoughts that you want to share, feel free to email us, just Barrett or Nathan or Barrett and Nathan at ConvertKit.com. Or I send those over or just come back here in the, uh, in the comments on YouTube. And uh, this is episode 64. And so you'll be able to find it again, but um, drop it in the comments and say, okay, this is how the review
1: went. This is what I learned uh, and everything from there. I can't wait for someone to send an email to Barrett and Nathan at ConvertKit.com. <laughs> <laughs> um in case it was not actually
0: clear uh barrett and i are separate humans um, <laughs> with separate addresses.
1: though maybe we'll make that alias oh man pretty funny okay creator of the day <laughs> oh man here we
0: go all right my creator of the day is actually one of our regular listeners i'm gonna give a shout out to teddy williams He's got some great writing going on. He's got his audience going. Uh, and you should check it out. But um, let me find, if you head over to his About page, he's got his long-form posts uh, that have been coming out fairly regularly. So that's that's been fun to see. And then uh, he's also done a bunch of Twitter threads, been growing his Twitter audience and talking about how that has been going. And also, side note, if you want to see some great, great branding work, the Seattle Kraken uh, team that he's highlighting. Oh, it's so good. Anyway. Uh, check out Teddy, uh, Teddy Williams, uh,
1: jr.com and, uh, follow him there. Love it. I actually don't think my creator of the day has a website or at least not that I could easily find. So Nate, if you end up listening or someone sends this to you, you should make a convert kit landing page. But anyways, my creator of the day is a person named Nate Blakesley. He wrote a book called American Wolf. I'm going to show you his Amazon page, but you should actually order from your local bookstore because that's better for local economies. And um, that's what I do. If you don't have a local bookstore, order from pals.com. That's my local bookstore. And I want them to stay open after this pandemic is gone. Yes. Nate Blakesley wrote this book called American Wolf. And I've always been a wildlife fan. I don't know. I guess I grew up watching Nat Geo and... Discovery Channel and all of that, just in love with the animals all around. And I picked this book up randomly off the like staff recommendations shelf at Powell's, uh, the in-person bookstore way back when that was a thing. And it is the story of this one pack in Yellowstone who was, uh, descendants of the initially re-released wolves in Yellowstone national park. And it is remarkable and tragic in some ways but it sent me down this whole path of rediscovering my love for ecology and nature and animals and uh, conservation, environmentalism, all that kind of stuff. It is remarkable the degree to which ecosystems balance themselves out when we mostly leave them alone. Uh, But at this point, actually we have to rebuild them actively because we've done so much to damage them, especially with large predators. And so if you've never thought about wolves, This book is amazing and it is entertaining on like a a novel level. Oh, it's almost like a historical fiction kind of feel to it, but it's real life about real wolves. And it's led me down this path to a bunch of other books, Wolf Nation and some others. Wolves are essential to ecosystems. And if you're interested in animals, you should read this book. And Nate Blakesley is the author of it, a fantastic writer uh, and journalist. So anyways, check him out. And this is also my resource of the day. If you love animals, um, you're interested in it, read uh, this book for a little thrill ride on the recovery of wolves in Yellowstone
0: sounds good. All right, my resource, uh, and we'll use it as a closing thought as well. Uh, we'll dive into that. Is uh, Setting the Table by Danny Meyer. So, if you don't know Danny, um, he started a company called or a restaurant called Union Square Cafe way back in the day. Um, and then he's gone on to do a bunch of other restaurants 11 Madison Park, uh, Gramercy Tavern. Tavern. And then uh, I think the one you probably know the most is a different style, which is Shake Shack. Um, And so uh, the book is all about hospitality and business. And we're really trying to take our customer support and convert it to the next level. And so I thought it'd be a good book to read. So check it out. I'm like 90% of the way through it. I thought I would finish it yesterday at the lake, but I didn't quite get it done. But kind of for a closing thought, I wanted to share one thing from the book. And Danny talks about as he's been learning to manage and set goals and work towards something, you know, fairly relentlessly. Somebody described his role, you know, as a leader, as a creator in a way that I thought was really interesting. He was talking about how it just felt like everything that he did, people would kind of get it, but then they do it their own way or or whatever else. And uh, one of his friends who also owned a restaurant said, okay, Danny, we're sitting here at this table, empty restaurant, clear off everything on this table, except for the salt shaker. You can take off the, you know, whatever's there, the silverware, the, the pepper grinder, whatever else, right? We just have a salt shaker. Okay, now it's there. Now, Danny, you're a bit of a perfectionist. Put the salt shaker where you want it. And Danny's like, okay. And he puts it right exactly in the center of the table. And then his friend leans over and moves it just like an inch or so. And he goes, okay, put the salt shaker where you want it. And Danny puts it right back in the center of the table. And then his friend goes, okay, cool. And he moves it like all the way to the edge. And put, put it where you want. It. And Danny moves it right back to the center of the table. You know, his friend starts to explain before he does this too much and getting super annoying. He says, you know, basically, Danny, as a person with vision, as a creator who knows what you're trying to create, you know, you know where you're trying to go. That's your job. The whole world is going to take everything that you're doing and they're going to move it over here and they're going to move it over there. And your job is to just keep bringing it right back to center, right where you want it to be. Yes, it's going to be annoying. Yes, people aren't going to care as much about your vision or how you believe the world should be as you do. And your job isn't to yell at them or to complain or to get really frustrated or anything like that. Your job is just relentlessly over time say, nope, this is my vision. This is the quality with which we do things. This is how it should go. This is my goal for the end of the year. This is what we're marching towards. And just like relentlessly as this like force of nature, just keep realigning on this is what matters. This is what is in line with my values and this is what I believe in. And uh, um that just really resonated with me as, you know, as we've been building this company, as we've both built our own audiences, man, there's so much that goes on that just pushes you every which way. And one minute you feel like you're on top of the world and you can accomplish anything. And the next moment you feel like, why am I even an entrepreneur? You know, why am I even doing this? And it's just having that focus of like, nope. I can opt out of all of that. I know what my values are and what I believe in and what I'm trying to build. And I'm just going to keep placing that salt shaker in
1: the center of the table again and again. So I love that. That's awesome. Danny is awesome. He's like, yeah, fantastic. Definitely read the book. I love the, the takeaway too. Resonates deeply with me. Sounds good. Well, thanks for tuning in. We'll be
0: back on Friday with a little Q&A Friday and we'll see you all later. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Future Belongs to Creators. If you didn't pick it up from the show, we make a tool called ConvertKit, where we're on a mission to help creators earn a living by building software that helps you build an audience of loyal fans. If you want to give ConvertKit a try, you can go to landingpage.new to launch your next creative project. You'll be able to build a landing page and send emails for up to 500 subscribers totally for free. So again, that's landingpage.new. You can get started with your free ConvertKit account today.